You're listening to the Talk Android Podcast. Okay, welcome to episode 16 of the Talk Android podcast. I'm Justin Herrick, the editor-in-chief of TalkAndroid.com, here with the newest member of our team. Um, he is our video creator, our video editor, basically our video savior that's revamping the YouTube channel. Uh, he's Joshua Choppy. Hey, guys, what's up? My name is Joshua Choppy, new to Talk Android. Yeah, well, <laughs> welcome to the show. Yeah, there you go. So now we have someone new. Um, Joshua will be joining me most weeks uh, for the Talk Android podcast, um, so we'll get a fresh perspective. Um, he's not a pure Android guy. I know he has experience with Apple products, right? So, um, Actually, not really. I've had an iPad in the past, but now I'm much pure Android, so pretty good. Okay, there we go. Um, so we will... Um, you know, have Joshua here, and I, I thought he has a little bit experience with iOS devices, so maybe we would have gotten a competitor's view, but that's fine. Uh, if you know all Android, you know, that's yeah, that's uh, a lot that's about great Android. for us. Talk about, yeah, so, about a lot. So, um, we've been off the air since uh, I think August 5th, um, but we're back now, uh, and we've actually missed a whole lot of things. Um, Joshua and I wanted to do this episode uh, this week because so much has been going on. And, you know, we have uh, October 4, Google is hosting an event in San Francisco, uh, which is going to be huge. So mm -hmm. you won't want to miss that. And we wanted to talk about all the rumors surrounding, the, you know, those Pixel devices. So uh, before we get to the Pixel phones, we'll start with Google Allo because that was the biggest announcement um, this week. So Google launched its smart messaging platform, which originally was believed uh, to go head to head with uh, things like iMessage, Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, and, you know, all types of messaging services. Um, but Allo ended up being a complete dud because you can't text from it. So if, if I were to text my, I actually did do this. I texted a friend who doesn't have Allo. He, the only thing he received was a, uh, was a message from not my number from a Google server saying that, you know, I sent a message through Allo. Uh, so it's not particularly useful in that case, but you know, one-on-one -on -one communication, it's fine. Um, it focuses on a few areas, so if you care about things like security, there's the incognito mode, but that's been a little shaky because there's been reports about that. Um, it focuses on things like uh, expressions, so you have stickers, you can draw on pictures, you can do all sorts of fun stuff like that. Um, then you have things like Smart Reply, which uh, we've seen Apple implement, which is, um, you know, if someone types um, something like, a picture of their dog, Google uh, Allo will, you know, suggest a reply like, oh, cute dog, cute golden retriever, or some, whatever uh, the picture is. So it just, uh, it's contextually aware. And the same thing goes for Google Assistant uh, uh, integration, I should say, um, meaning that if, you know, you're conversing with a friend about dinner, you can say, uh, you know, show me uh, you know, Chinese food restaurants or something. And, you know, Google Assistant will inject search results into Allo, which I think is amazing. Um, but the big problem is that you don't have uh, SMS support. So it kind of makes it useless because no one really wants to use all of these different things. Um, and so the reviews aren't hot. Uh, 
our Brad Ward ran a post uh, giving a rundown of a whole bunch of re reviews from different sites that have had experience with Allo in recent weeks. Um, it's not very good. And then Joshua actually did a first look at Allo. So he went, uh, you know, hands on with the app. I used it. I'll be honest. I used it for 15 minutes and uninstalled the app uh, the night that it launched because I just didn't like it that much. Uh, Brad Ward on our team doesn't like it, and neither does uh, Peter Holden. We've we've all already un uninstalled uh, Allo, but Joshua used the the app on his phone. He did a video on it, which you can see on our revamped YouTube channel. And then today, uh, actually late last night, we released a new video, Allo vs Hangouts. So, Joshua, I'll hand it over to you to just give your perspective on what you got out of Allo, and you know what you got out of comparing it with Hangouts. So Google Allo is not that great compared to Google Hangouts, as Justin already right. mentioned. And one of the things that Google Allo lacks is, of course, SMS support, which Hangouts allows you to do, as well as it also lacks the video and just the calling feature in general, kind of like what we're doing here. This is Google Hangouts on air. And that's the main things that Google Allo lacks. It's pretty much the same thing as Hangouts without the calling features, and I know they've released Google Duo to go along with Google Allo, but I don't understand why they didn't just revamp Google Hangouts if they released two different platforms at the same time. You know, this doesn't really make much sense, Justin, you know? Like, right. they could have updated Hangouts to make that better, like Google Allo they did to make yeah. Google Allo and Duo. They could have put the same amount of effort that they put into both apps into just updating Hangouts, which I think, in my personal opinion, would have been a better idea. Yeah, I um I wrote about uh, before the launch of Allo at IO twenty sixteen. Um, I wrote about they the um what was it called Spaces. They they announced a you know another messaging app even before Allo, which was bizarre. So now they have Hangouts, me Google Messenger, uh, Spaces, and Allo. So now you have four messaging platforms, and it's just kind of like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um, so I. I I don't get, I don't, I don't get Google's strategy. Um, yeah, Allo is not doing very hot. Although uh, last night or yesterday afternoon, whenever I checked, um, I'll check right now. But um, the overall rating on the placer was four point five stars, which I thought was really surprising. Right now it's four point seven, so people are liking mm. it. Um, and I'm looking at the reviews, like the spread. Uh, most of them are five stars. A lot of them are four stars. Good amount are three stars, and then there are more one stars than there are two stars. So, um, for this for this to be you know a an, a true iMessage competitor, because that's what Android needs. I mean, we've all we've all really recognized that um, you know that it's what Android needs. You know, a messaging platform that integrates SMS that has you know instant messaging. Um, that you can just text people, and if the uh, instant messaging part doesn't work, it falls back on to um, SMS. But Allo doesn't even have that, so it's pretty useless. Um, and actually, someone from another publication tweeted it that at this point, we would rather just have uh, we would rather just have iMessage on Android, which I agree with because you know a lot of us have friends that we uh you know would love to message on iMessage so i would agree you know i would love to have iMessage on android um for the fact that my friends have it so it would just be easier because allo is just a, a hot piece of garbage at this point <laughs> um 
And uh, the other thing that I was going to add about Allo was that it's just it's just bare. It doesn't even feel like a Google app when I was in it. It I, I don't know. It's it really doesn't feel like it was complete. I read something like, uh, you know, they only rolled it out now in uh, in preparation for Google Home, you know, the Amazon Echo competitor coming out. Uh, so, I, I mean, I'm very surprised that mm. Google announced this, this, you know, rolled out this product and it wasn't, it wasn't quite uh, ready. Um, but in the future, it could greatly benefit because last year, I think it was that Google bought Jibe, uh, which does RCS, which is kind of like what, uh, iMessages uh, about, but Google would then need to get the carriers and other companies to implement it into their phone, so it's not really just an Android thing. Anyways, that's Google Allo. You can go on our site, on our YouTube channel, and you can read a whole lot about it. Um, we've been covering it all week long. Uh, like I said, Josh just did an Allo versus Hangouts video that uh, you can watch. So, uh, the next topic we have is for uh, the Pixel phones. So, um, we actually have not been on since the name Pixel came out. Um, you know, previously we were referring to the phones as uh, Marlin and Sailfish. Uh, now we have the Pixel and Pixel XL uh, because Google is going to do away with the Nexus brand come October 4th. So now we have the Pixel and Pixel XL pictures leaked of the phones. So if you go to our site, you will see the front and the back of both phones. Um, the front looks a lot like, you know, the HTC 10 or the HTC One A9, um, which is good and bad, I guess, depending upon who you ask. Um, but the back of it is definitely unique. Um, it is metal. But then the top third has a glass with a fingerprint scanner and uh, the camera, obviously. So um, it's a pretty unique-looking device. But uh, big news broke this week because we found out that, yes, Google is hosting an October 4 event in San Francisco. Uh, they confirmed that, and they're doing a whole bunch of uh, teaser billboards and uh, advertisements uh, throughout the country. Um, but then leaks came about that the Pixel is going to cost $649. So last year, the Nexus 5X... Uh, launched for 379 I believe, and the Nexus 6P launched for 499 uh, So 649 is is a big ask. Uh, that's what they did with the Nexus 6, which was pricey, and that's why it was that phone was bashed, because it was so pricey. Um, but the belief is that Google is trying to position itself against truly against Apple here by pricing its phones uh, competitively against the iPhone uh, 7 and 7 Plus. Um, but we don't know how much the Pixel XL will cost. Uh, so Josh, I'll ask you, um, do you think 649 is a bit steep for these phones? Do you think Google should stick with uh, you know, the, the traditional Nexus pricing? You know, what are your thoughts on this 649 price tag? How will consumers take it? Um, I think that the the price range in the Pixel line is very, very steep. Just like you mentioned, that they're kind of ditching their cheap, lower lower price phones with their higher-end specs like they usually have in the past with the Nexus line, which is kind of bad for Google, in my opinion, because Google is known for having really high-end specs with lower prices. Mm -hmm. So having the 649 price tag and then having the 6P last year being 5.5 inches and having it on way under 649 and then saying maybe having the Pixel XL being the same size as the 6P and then being way more than what the 6P was last year 
it's mm-hmm. kind of bad because like the 6P was flagship quality. So yeah, that's just my opinion on the pricing. It's very high for the like, what Google yeah. usually has. Yeah, I think if they did, uh, I mean, I understand what they're trying to do to go head to head with Apple, but I think that the perception from consumers and everyone has already changed that, you know, we do, like you said, we don't expect to pay $649 for a phone from Google. We, you know, we expect to pay $400. So that's why I was thinking really a more appropriate pricing strategy for these phones would be, you know, $499 for the Pixel, and then maybe you can do $649 for the Pixel XL. You know, right? Um, because I get that they do have to raise the prices uh, if they are using premium specs, premium materials. Um, but I think six forty nine is a little iffy. The good news is that uh, Android Police's report on the pricing said that uh, financing options will be offered, so uh, you won't have to spend six forty nine outright. You'll be able to spread it out. And last year, Google did that with. Um, they did that with Project Fi customers. You know, they spread out the cost, which was great, except the people not on Project Fi, the people with, you know, T-Mobile, AT&T, and whatever, could not do that. So this is great. And I think this is the saving part of that 649 price is the financing. I think the financing right. would be very popular. Um, the other thing with pricing is that the rumor is... Um, the rumor is that Verizon will be the exclusive uh, carrier for the phones. Not that... Not that only Verizon customers will be able to get the phone, just that the only place you'll be able to, the only carrier that you'll be able to buy the Pixel and Pixel XL from is Verizon. So you won't be able to go into a T-Mobile store, Sprint store, uh, AT&T store to get these phones. You'll, yeah. The only way you can go into a store is uh, Verizon, which I think is fine because they, you know, Google has sold all their stuff online in the past, so that's that's not really a worry. Mm-hmm. Um, so another rumor this week for the Pixel phones was a proper reboot. Um, this is just a simple thing. I have the V20, if, and if I hold down the power button, you'll see I get options to restart, um, you know, restart the phone, reboot. Well, apparently, I never actually realized this, I guess because it's not that important, that uh, stock Android, like, you know, like the Nexus phones, have never had that. Um, so hmm. apparently when these phones launch on October 4th, and they're said to be launching with Android 7.1 Nougat, uh, Nougat not uh, 7.0, that uh, Android will get a standard reboot button. So uh, there, yeah, Josh, you have it too, right? What phone is that? Right. The- uh, S6. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I, because I had the the uh, S7 engine that had it too. So yeah, everyone's yeah. been doing doing restart buttons except Google, which uh, you know builds Android. So they're finally doing it. We'll get that uh, this year. And then the final rumor regarding the Pixel phones this week is water resistance. They're not going to be uh, dunk proof, so you won't be able to put it into a pool or anything. You'll just be able to get it you know, lightly wet if it rains or something. Um, People were disappointed because Apple, you know, really pushed water resistance with uh, the iPhone 7 and 7 Plus. Mm -hmm. Samsung did the same thing with the Galaxy S7 and S7 Edge. Um, I don't think it's going to be a problem, though, not having Mm -hmm. great water resistance uh, because I still don't think it's something people really truly look for. Uh, Josh, what do you think? Is is water resistance a big deal or not for, for these Pixel phones? No, not my opinion. For me personally, I don't really use my phone like in the in the pool. Like I'm not that right. kind of guy that's gonna like go like in the yeah. pool and use my phone or take a shower with my phone or like 
take my phone out when it's raining outside because, you know, just the what you do. You don't want to, like, if you, like, get your phone wet while it's raining outside, it's kind of, like, ruins the experience, in my opinion, yeah. because, like, wet screen and kind of stuff yeah. like that. So not a huge deal to have water resistance, like, dunking water resistance. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I think the the level of uh, water resistance that they're going to give these phones is perfectly fine. You know, if it if it gets if it's misty out or something, and your phone gets wet, whatever. Because, like you said, when you use your phone in the rain, it's not the best experience. Um, so then today we learned of a new device on October fourth. So the rumored stuff for October four. I'll just recap again: is is the Pixel, the Pixel, uh, the Pixel XL, the Google Home Echo competitor. Uh, the Daydream Viewer, which Daydream is Google's VR platform that's launching, um, and a 4K Chromecast. But today, Android Police uh, revealed that Google is going to announce Google Wi-Fi, which is a Wi-Fi router. It will cost uh, $129, I believe. That's what it said. Yeah, $129. Um, and it was a little confusing at first because, you know, they already have those OnHub routers that they announced. I believe that was last year. Um, with their partners like TP-Link and uh, I think Asus made one too. Um, so that was a little interesting. But um, this router is supposed to be different. It's going to be about the size of the new Echo Dot in white. So you're going to get a little hockey puck sized uh, uh, Wi-Fi router from Google. And, you know, Android Police says that their source says that it's going to be a smart router and it's going to have fantastic range. Again, this is stuff we've heard about from every router ever released. Right. Um, but the, the real differentiator here is that Google is going to push people to buy multiple units um, in order to create a larger network to make them all work together. I don't know exactly how that works. Android police said they don't even know how that's supposed to work. Um, so I, I really don't. I, I don't get the purpose. So to me, it mm. seems like it's just going to be, uh, I don't think OnHub's going to end. I think this is just Google's version of an OnHub router, uh, mm. you know, and we'll just get a Google-made router instead of having to buy, you know, the Asus for the TP-Link. Uh, so Josh, do you have any any thoughts on this Wi-Fi router? Like, is do you think this is going to click with consumers or they really won't understand what this is all about? Well, for consumers, um, I feel like they're definitely not going to really understand what this is about. Like, it's just like a router. Like, he, they have the other routers that they released in previous years. But the price definitely does sound pretty reasonable for what you get. And it, considering this could be, like, a great market for businesses and offices because you can have, like, if, like you were ex explaining that you can have those link them together and create, like, a giant network. That's great for businesses and offices because mm -hmm. I, I know in my school particularly, we really have a huge Wi-Fi problem. So this would probably be something that would be built for large buildings. Like, yeah, yeah. large buildings. That's it. That that's interesting that they could per, you know target uh, you know education and and enterprise with this uh, rather than uh, consumers like regular consumers like you and I because like you said your school had awful um, uh, has awful Wi-Fi connectivity my high school had awful Wi-Fi uh, wi they wouldn't even let us go on it because it was so bad and then my college actually had awful um, uh, Wi-Fi so. 
So maybe this will solve the problem really easily because it's being described, like I said, as an echo dot type of thing where you can just connect it anywhere and it works together. So uh, we'll see if it happens there. I'm um, very excited for that. Um, so another thing that we missed while we were off the air was the Galaxy Note 7 recall. We did not get to talk about this at all on our podcast. Since it's already happened and the problem is solved, we're not going to go over it. It's, there's really not much to say. Um, but this week, Samsung said half of uh, the, the U.S. Galaxy Note 7s that were affected have been exchanged. So this is a PSA for anyone who still has their Galaxy Note 7, the old one, and has not exchanged it, please, for your safety and everyone around you, exchange your device because chances are it could hurt someone, <laughs> including yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, so please return that device. Um, I'm begging with you. Uh, the directions are very simple. You can find it on our site. You can go right to Samsung. Uh, just do it, please. Don't risk it. Don't say, oh, it's a hassle. No, just go and exchange your device. Um, Josh, do you know anyone who uh, who had a Galaxy Note 7 and had to exchange? Because I don't. Nope, not, not at all. Yeah. I, I don't recall. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought about it, too, because I was at the... Um, I was at the launch in in uh, New York City at the Hammerstein Ballroom on when was that August? I don't know. It was maybe sometime in August. I don't remember. Um, I was there, and then now when they when this whole battery explosion thing went on, I thought about it, and I was like, "Wow, you know, all of those phones in there could have like could have done damage, and like really would have." Mm. That was scary when I thought about it. I'm like, "Wow." That's that was highly dangerous. Uh, right. So yeah. So this this was actually a really big problem. Actually, this is a worthwhile question. Josh, do you think this hurts Samsung's image? Because I have, I think I had a lot of people would say yes, but I actually don't think so. So I, I just want to know what you think. Do you think the whole the whole battery uh, recall and these explosions? Do you think it really hurts Samsung long term? Short term, it obviously does. But do you think in the long term? Uh, this hurts. This would hurt sales of, say, the Galaxy S8 or any of their other products. Um, not my, not. I don't think that that would really hurt their image in the long term. Definitely, like you said, in the short term. But they did, they did tackle the problem in a very well, well done manner. Yeah. Like they had a nice video, and they made sure that everybody, like the the president of the United States, Samsung. I think that's what it was. He like personally apologized on behalf of. At, of everyone at Samsung. So like they, they definitely handled it the best that they could. And I think they did a fantastic job with what they, what, how much hate they had going their way. So once this blows over and, you know, we have all the devices for the end of 2016 and then they revamp, restart next year with the S8, I don't think that'll be a huge issue. Yeah, I, I think this, it's just like an immediate thing. Like it'll affect them right now and then that's it because, because you know, it's not like the millions of people that buy these Samsung phones are going to flock to HTC or something. The reason that they go to Samsung right. is because they know the brand. They're not going to, you know, if they're not going to Samsung, they're going to go to Apple. That's just how it is. Um, right. So I, I think it's, it's, yes, it was a big problem, but like you said, Samsung handled it very fast 
and got on it and the carriers worked with them to solve the problem and they you know they got the exchange program they really handled it quickly uh so kudos to them and again reminder anyone who still has one of the old devices please exchange it so you do not have to deal with please. any uh, yeah yeah last <laughs> thing we like, need is to hear more stories yeah, we, we don't we don't need that. So just please exchange. Um, so the the original rumor was that the Galaxy Note Seven was going to return on October twenty first. That hasn't happened. The phone has returned to the U.S. this week and more uh, more uh, widespread next week. Um, but it would have been interesting had it returned on uh, on October twenty first because the LG V twenty, which I have a pre released unit again. Like I said, this is it. Um, it's supposed that phone is supposed to be released in the US on October 21st. Now, this is awful for many reasons. Although LG said yesterday or sometime this week that the phone would launch in September, but we'll just have to see what happens. Um it would it would be interesting if it was October 21st because that's about when these Pixel phones are going to ship. It's about when the Galaxy Note 7 will be back, you know, in full swing. Um so and the the V20 was announced uh, earlier this month. So it's kind of like LG pulled what HTC did with the HTC 10 last spring by just waiting so long after the announcement. It just it just kills momentum. So uh, mm. so Joshua, do you think people are going to be taking a look at the V20 this holiday season, or do you think it, it, this phone is just dead on arrival? Um, I think th it definitely is lacking in the arrival like they they have this pre-release unit they build up so much hype with their yeah. reviewers and just everything in general like they have all these people yeah. that are checking out the phone but they like the people that are watching the videos now and they watch our review and they watch all this stuff they're not gonna like when when it's like it's gonna be like we unbox the phone then, like, a m two months later, we have the review of the phone. Like, you right. usually, like, a review takes maybe a few weeks or so. So it's kind of like, oh, well, we're in the middle of pixel coverage, and we just have the review of the LG right. V20, and it just kind of, like, just late on arrival. But it definitely phone, great specs, great camera. So it may interest some people this holiday season. I, I wouldn't yeah, say it wouldn't. Yeah, I, I think this is just – I think it's just going to pass by this phone. Had it been released – you know, this month, it would have been, it would have been a lot better, you know, position to, to, you know, for the entire season. But the fact that the phone's going to come out more than a month after, or rumored, I should say, rumored to come out a whole entire month after it was announced, is just kind of, you know, you lose your hype because like you said, there was, there was so much hype when this phone was announced. They did the big event in San Francisco. They got the, the, uh, the pre-release units out. They don't want us reviewing these pre-release units because they have pre-release software. And I tweeted about it that my unit has little imperfections in the body. I can't even show you because it's so it's so fine to see. But um, but it's just the it's they let it they let it sit too long. They should have capitalized on the hype and just uh, released the phone. Another right. rumored device that we heard about this week is a Sprint exclusive from HTC. Um, it is the HTC Bolt, not to be thought of as a successor to Verizon's uh, HTC Thunderbolt from 2011, uh, which I remember I was I was struggling if I should choose that phone or the uh, Samsung Galaxy Nexus back in 2011 when I was in high school. So um, I do remember the Thunderbolt. I ended up choosing the Galaxy Nexus. Anyways, uh, the HTC Thunderbolt for Sprint. 
Uh, pictures leaked, Evan Blass posted the images, we shared it on our site. Um, it shows the, uh, you know, the device. Um, it looks just like an HCC 10. I think the only difference that people are saying and what I noticed is that the, the uh, LED flash has been moved. The LED flash has been moved and um, they seem to have removed the, uh, the auxiliary port or the headphone jack, whatever you want to call it. Um, so Sprint customers will get that. It doesn't seem like that, you know, much of a special device. Uh, so I don't even have anything to say about that, Josh. Um, do you do you do you think these uh, these carrier exclusives need to go like ASAP, like the Moto Z, for how that was an exclusive for Verizon first? Um. Well, I looking at the picture of the HTC Bolt, it definitely mm -hmm. looks just like a like you mentioned. It just looks like an HTC 10 with like a rearranged a little bit. And the new trend is. Remove the headphone jack. Like before right. you know, we're gonna be removing the USB-C ports and everything. But um, I, I think the uh, carrier exclusives they, they they definitely like they're exclusive. So like that exclusive that exclusive I I can't even speak. The exclusivity. Right now. Go ahead. I got yeah, it. I got it. Um, it's like it makes like it builds up hype like oh my Verizon like Verizon they have the Moto Z like that's cool like i'm going to switch to Verizon right. and then go and check out the Moto Z or i'm going to switch to HTC mm -hmm. I, i'm going to switch to Sprint and go check out the HTC Bolt like it's like it helps these carriers out in my opinion but i think yeah. carrier exclusives are kind of like eh, like they should just <laughs> like they should just release them to like everybody like every yeah. then there's more money uh, they 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 make sense for the budget devices because no one cares about that. You know, if the uh, what's a good example? If the Alcatel Spyro, I'm just making up a name. If, you know, that for like Metro PCS, like that's fine. But when like I on another episode of the podcast, like Lenovo doing the Moto Z Droid and the Moto Z Force Droid, that was straight up ridiculous you do not announce your 2016 flagship or you know whatever year flagship and have it be an exclusive for a carrier for months mm -hmm. and then you release it for everything else like right now you can pre-order the uh, moto z and moto z play unlocked right you just don't do that that's really really dumb i highly doubt the unlocked uh units are gonna are gonna fly off the shelves now mm -hmm. um so they really killed momentum there um i do think these carrier exclusives need to go but this this one, the HTC Bolt, is just really weird because it does look exactly like the HTC 10, just very, very slightly tweaked, you know, removing the headphone jack and then uh, moving around the uh, the LED flash. So, like, what did HTC think? Like, oh, in six months, let's let's tweak the phone. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's, just, um, yeah. It, it's, it's just bizarre, but that's how HTC has been this year. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Um, last week, or just sometime this month, um, a report came out published by CNET saying that LG, Huawei, and Lenovo are not releasing Android Wear devices in 2016 for the rest of 2016. Uh, they're not committed to the platform. This was a big deal because um, Lenovo actually teased a new Moto 360 during its uh, IFA 2016 uh, teaser video a few weeks ago, uh, actually last month before uh, leading up to IFA in Berlin. Um, they teased it and then they actually never announced it, which surprised people. And this turns out to be why. Um, CNET reports that companies just don't see 
the uh, just don't see the value in the platform right now because consumers themselves aren't interested. Um, it's a tough spot, and Google might fix it by releasing its own smartwatches uh, at that October 4th event. Um, I'm trying to pull up the exact quote from CNET's report. Um, but yeah, this is this is not good news for Android Wear because support was dwindling. Um, mm. At IFA, the only devices that, that I can name off the top of my head being announced um, were the... I actually have it here, so it won't be off the top of my head. Uh, the Asus ZenWatch 3, the Nixon Mission, the Fossil Q Wander, and the Fossil Q Marshall. Although only the Asus ZenWatch 3 was announced at IFA, the others were already known, but they're now up for pre-order. Um, so you can get these phones... But support is dwindling. Earlier this summer, uh, Samsung backed out, saying that they're not going to do anything with the platform, which is a big deal. Um, and their Gear smartwatches are very good. Uh, a lot of people, including myself to a degree, would prefer uh, Gear smartwatches over Android Wear. Um, but here is the quote from Roger Chang of CNET. He said that manufacturers uh, feel that there is a, quote, general lack of enthusiasm, end quote. Uh, for smartwatches from consumers. So that's actually a big problem. Um, and I do see that, that people are not as into smartwatches as they were when, you know, they came about with Pebble and then the Apple mm. Watch and everything. Uh, so, right. so Joshua, do you have a smartwatch or no? No, I, I don't have a smartwatch. Watch. I've always wanted it, a smartwatch, but, like, it's can't. Not, I haven't got around to getting one yet. Well, is it because... Here's actually a good question because the, you could be the you know you could be the reason why these companies are not are not making them. Is it because they're expensive or that they don't have the capabilities that you know is something missing in them? Uh, just, it's more or less price for me right now. Oh, okay. Interesting, uh, because a lot of the people that I talk to, and including myself, I actually won't won't buy one myself. I do think right. they're too expensive. Number one for what they do. Um, but number two, I just don't feel that they're, they're not up to par. The battery life is just so short. I don't want another device that I have to charge daily. Right. And th that's what you have to do with these. I have the mo I actually bought the LG G watch years ago. Um, when Android wear first came about, I got it on a black Friday sale. So I paid like less than a hundred bucks from Verizon for it. So that's why I got it. And plus it's because, you know, I, I run an Android publication. I just wanted to experience the platform and share my experience with readers. So I was not going to buy that uh, for any other reason. And then um, Motorola gave me last year, the Moto 360, which I love. The design is fantastic and everything. It's just that Android Wear and the battery life, these things, I I don't want to charge it every day. And the platform mm. itself, I don't feel it's useful enough. The only thing that I like is just seeing notifications on my wrist. There's nothing right. else. Like, in, so instead of having to take out my phone, I could just look at my wrist and that's it. Right. Um, so it's a little, you know, Google has to roll out that Android Wear 2.0 update. Uh, that they announced at I.O. 2016 in May. Um, but, you know, there aren't any launch devices to do it with right now unless they roll out their their own smartwatches. So we'll have to see what happens uh, there. Um, so our final... <laughs> So our uh, our final item to discuss today is a report that came from David Faber of CNBC. Um, it involves Twitter. 
Um, they've, as we all know, they've been on the chopping block. No, I shouldn't say the chopping block. Uh, they've been on the table to be bought for years. I mean, we have heard about a sale for many, many years, um, especially after, well, before Twitter went public in 2013, it was a very common thing. You know, who would buy them? Google was in the mix. Well, CNBC's report today named Salesforce and uh, Google as two uh, very interested buyers. And then TechCrunch added that AOL, not AOL, I'm sorry, um, Verizon, who owns AOL, but Verizon uh, and Microsoft are also in the running. Early, earlier this year, uh, Microsoft spent big on LinkedIn, which to me was a wild purchase, <laughs> but uh, Microsoft actually outbid uh, Salesforce for LinkedIn, so they might get into another bidding war for Twitter. Um, and a big thing now is that Twitter Twitter is getting into live streaming. So, you know, now they do Thursday night football every week. Um, and they have other things like the Pac-12, which is a college uh, sports conference. So they, they're streaming that. They're doing the U.S. presidential debates. Uh, so they're getting into live streaming. And they're really now proving that they are the go-to for live anything that's going on in the world. Um, but uh, the buyers see Twitter's data as highly valuable, not just their position as a media company. So, um, you know, of Google, Verizon, Microsoft, and Salesforce, Joshua, who do you think? Who do you think? Uh, if 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 it's two different companies, tell me who you think will buy. You know, who will shell out the money to buy Twitter, and uh, who you would want to uh, to buy Twitter. Um, so who I think will buy Twitter probably be Google because okay. they're pretty much like running the running everything now. And who um wait, what was the question? I'm sorry. Uh what was the question will buy I said would be Google and then who would be like interested in like buying it? Uh, who would buy? Who do you think? Who do you think is gonna buy it? And who would you yeah. want to buy it? Um, and then I, I kind of want Google to buy it because I'd love to see what they do with Twitter. But then right. I look at Google Plus and it's <laughs> kind of lacking a little bit. Like I was talking right. to you earlier before we started, and it just kind of like Google Plus. They kind of messed up a little bit yeah. here and there. It's kind of doesn't add up very well. So I'd love to see what they would do with Twitter, but. I would love to see Google buy. I'll, I'll be, I'll just say I'd like to, I'd like to see Google buy it, and I think Google will buy it, in my personal yeah. opinion. But okay, um, how about you? I'd all, yeah, I'd like to see Google buy it. Um, for the fact that, like you said, that they could really integrate it into their their whole ecosystem really well. Um, like it would fit perfectly, especially with search, you know, live results and everything like that. And then like Google Trends, how they use that to see like real time mm -hmm. how things are are going. Um, so I would love to see Google buy it. That's who I would want to buy it. I think uh, Verizon is actually going to be who gets it because they're investing so much money into uh, into companies like this. You know, they bought they bought AOL. Mm -hmm. uh, already they're buying yahoo so th mm -hmm. this like goes perfectly with it and plus when they if they were to get twitter they could integrate it with uh, go 90 which is their mobile streaming service uh so i think that would go perfectly so i think verizon is going to shell out the money to buy twitter but i would love to see google uh buy it just because i think it would mesh so well with 
with um, you know the everything Google has. Microsoft, right. I don't really see where that fit Not is. It just doesn't. It's just kind of like there. Yeah. Uh, Salesforce, they do customer uh, relationship management. I guess that the data is good, but I don't really see what else they could do with that. Um, so yeah, I think it's gonna come down to Google and Verizon. Uh, right. Yeah. Too. Um, so yeah, that, yeah, that'll my second do it guess for this. Yeah, that, that'll do. <laughs> so that'll do it for this episode of the Talk Android podcast. Remember, uh, you can go to our YouTube channel now, which is revamped with new videos um, from Joshua, who will be taking it over. Um, we have new videos, and then you can go over to Talk Android Deals for the latest deals uh, on great products at low prices. So for Joshua Choppy and everyone at Talk Android, I thank you for watching the Talk Android podcast.